I knew some, but I didn't know it all podcast. I'm your host, Shane Gucci. daddy now that's right my baby boy is here he's doing good he's super healthy my oldest boy is not jealous and he's doing excellent he loves his baby brother and you know what thanks anyone who's been listening to the show this whole time and you know putting up with my with my ass not putting out any episodes for a long time but here i am i recorded this episode with andre i don't know like two months ago but you know, having a baby, that takes a lot of your time, and, you know, I'm not complaining at all, I'm, I'm very, very thankful for my son, and, um, yeah, I found some time to work on the podcast, so here I am, I hope you guys enjoy the episode, I, uh, I'm working on a lot of stuff, but it's very slowly being worked on, um, yeah, so, expect some more music from me, more episodes, I have another episode recorded, that I'm uh, working on, I'm collaborating on a track for that episode, so I'm waiting on to get that back, and uh, that should be cool, it should be coming out pretty soon after this one, I don't want to put any uh, limits on myself, but yeah, I'm sorry, it's been so long, you beautiful people, I'm so excited to be here, Andre Mitty, y'all, this guy just listen to this episode if you've never heard of him before this is one of the greatest guys he's like he just he brings you home he brings you home i don't have any more or better words to say that andre Mitty can help lead you home thank you brother if you listen to this man i love you dude you're so awesome all right everybody enjoy the episode dick to you like 
He's probably had a shitty day. He probably has, uh, uh, you know, a lot of problems going on at home. Um, you know, a mother wound, a father wound, uh, a girlfriend wound, whatever it may be. Like, he's, de he's dealing with something uh, in his personal life that you're not seeing. You're not walking in his shoes. And um, to truly empathize, man, that's what we have to do is we have to get outside of ourselves, feel where someone else is at, where they're coming from, to really hear what they're saying, you know, and that takes empathy even as a podcaster you know to like hold that space and like take take it all in without just wanting to speak over them or wanting to say something right away and <laughs> dude so many times i'm just fucking mind blown by what some people are saying i'm just speechless like how do i even follow this up you know, and I do my fucking best. <laughs> God damn. Welcome to the I Knew Some But I Didn't Know It All podcast. I am your host, Shane Newsome, And tonight I have the great Andre Mitty from Ascension of the Chessmen. Andre, how you doing tonight, bro? Dude? I'm doing great, oh, man. I tried Happy to say to dude here. and bro at the same time. I was already <laughs> talking over you. <laughs> Dude, bro. bro, I can bro. I can go by either one depending bro. on what mood I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm yeah. feeling like the big Lebowski, I might go by the dude. The dude. If I'm feeling more like a proper Mason, I'll go by brother. <laughs> <laughs> I've read a few books. I never joined a lodge, but I'll be a brother. Brother. No, I mean it's like I like I like that work, especially with someone. That you, you know, is on a similar wavelength. Totally. You know, especially like, if they're on that love wavelength. wavelength yeah, totally. You know, I, I use brother to everybody. Yeah. I, everybody is my brother, man. Like everybody's yeah. my sister for the females. Like, yeah, I, that's how I approach it is like, we're all one big family, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's especially, it has a deeper bond, it has a deeper meaning to those close to you, you know? your rider dies. But, um, I think at the end of the day, we're all brothers. I mean, that brothers and sisters, I can't forget the ladies. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't be here without them. Done uh, right. But yeah, dude, like love the ladies. Um, that's, that's really what ayahuasca taught me and many other experiences as well with other plant medicines was, you know, we're all one big family, you know, and like, we're all going through it. Like we all got our own shit we're dealing with internally. So if someone's a fucking dick to you. Like he's probably had a shitty day. He probably has, uh, uh, you know, a lot of problems going on at home. Um, you know, a mother wound, a father wound, uh, a girlfriend wound, whatever it may be. Like he's, he's dealing with something uh, in his personal life that you're not seeing, you're not walking in his shoes and, um, to truly empathize, man, that's what we have to do is we have to get outside of ourselves, feel where someone else is at, where they're coming from to really hear what they're saying, you know, and that takes empathy even as a podcaster, you know, to like hold that space and like take, take it all in without just wanting to speak over them or wanting to say something right away. And, dude so many times i'm just fucking mind blown by what some people are saying i'm just speechless like how do i even follow this up <laughs> you know and That's i do my fucking best <laughs> <laughs> but god damn yeah dude, so i'm gonna steal what you say on your podcast yeah so tell me a little bit about you 
and uh, how how things were. How do you do you how do you tell me tell me your question? I forget how you word it. Let's see. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, can you explain what it is that you do and what woke you up to realizing maybe there's more to this life than you originally taught or thought? Yes. Now answer your own question, please. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, man. So, uh, I was, I was always curious as a kid, uh, ever since I was little, um, always remember my parents telling me like, you ask too many questions or the answers because I said so. And I I keep asking why, you know, I'm like, because I said, so is not, it's not giving me the answer I want to hear, you know, (laughs) that ain't no answer. And you know, that's a good thing to like start out curious and like wanting to know, but uh, it can also be a prison too, like realizing some things we'll never know. And some things Mm -hmm. it's okay to surrender to the, uh, idea that you're never going to know. Yep. Like some people like take that's that to the, the grave. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the hardest, that's the hardest part of it. It once is. You get, man. Once you get curious and you, you know, you find that out. Yeah. You know, that's a hard one to accept. I struggled with that for a little while. Yeah. It's like we, we cycle back and forth between trying to solve the mystery and just in bliss that the mystery exists and it's okay. That'll always be a mystery. It's like the great mystery, but you know, that's, that's the path, man, is like walking, walking the balance in between that and trying to figure out your life, trying to figure out what is life about like, Oh, maybe it's just about enjoying yourself. Like really, truly being like truly being here, being present, you know, not just being a spectator. And that's what we are right now, dude. Like we're, we're a part of it you know, just having this conversation, we're not just talking about having a conversation. Like we're actually having the conversation, Yeah, damn right, dude. <laughs> you know, Hopefully and there's people listening. Exactly. Man. <laughs> dude, if you build it, they will come, man. You know, that's, that's the laws of manifestation, you know? Um, but yeah, from a young age, man, just questioning, um, always questioning, And, you know, even I remember, you know, certain peculiar experiences with cannabis. Like, uh, I remember going to the mall one time with my dad and we were in like fifth grade or I was in like fifth grade. My dad was like like three months older. (laughs) But no, uh, so we, we were, uh, at the ball and like this, car car drove by and like nice ass car big ass rims like music blaring and the smoke cloud just rolls out the window and it just reeked like weed smoke and my dad's like uh he's like oh that smells like uh marijuana or something like that i was like what's marijuana and he's like oh it's a uh illegal drug i think he said and i was like well why is it illegal I was like, what is it? And he's like, oh, it's a plant that uh, gets people stoned or gets people high. And I was like, well, how can they outlaw a plant? Like, (laughs) I just remember at that young age, like, that just didn't make sense to me. Like, how can you make nature illegal? Like, that's, I I wondered that. That's a warrior never going to win. Like, 
I mean, I, I think we've learned that lesson time and time again throughout the course of mankind. But um, yeah, so I mean, that initial question just about cannabis and then um, many years later, starting to use cannabis myself and on top of, you know, going through the D.A.R.E. program and everything we're taught about it in school, like marijuana kills your brain cells. I remember reading that in a fucking textbook in school. And then watching this documentary my senior year, the union, the business behind getting high, um, it totally fucking opened my mind to like realize like, holy shit, like this plant has like the most uses of any plant known to man and it's fucking illegal. Like, how does that make any fucking sense? And why is nobody talking about this? <laughs> Dude, is it, I heard, isn't there like an old Roman bridge it's like fucking a couple, like a couple thousand years old. Or so, yeah. I don't know when the Romans were. Yeah, there's like hemp structures still but, standing today. Yeah, that are thousands of years old. That's like, like robust as. Are fuck. you fucking kidding me? Like, why are we not? Why anything concrete? Why is that not hemp concrete? Yeah. And all the hazardous building materials, you know, talk about asbestos and yeah, dude. all the nasty shit that you know, lead paint and yeah all this shit that's in old houses when we could have been using hemp this whole fucking time. Fucking hemp, dude. And you're telling me something that was outlawed in 1937. Like, all this time that's went by, all everything that's adapted, everything that's evolved, at no point was someone like, all right, it's time to like undo this wrongdoing we did within a place of power to like see the wrongdoing, admit it. And then, and then you start to wonder, well, like if they can keep this plan illegal, like what else are they lying about? And that's what really opened up the can of worms for me. And, you know, watching a nine 11 documentary shortly after that, uh, loose change. Um, I had a, history teacher and well he didn't teach history he taught english and uh creative writing and stuff and um he showed my brother's class my brother was a couple grades above me he had them watch loose change in school like he showed it to the whole class and i was like damn i have to like me and my buddy were like we should watch this and we watched it totally mind blown, like walking away with more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, it started from there and then, um, trying LSD for the first time, not knowing what the hell we were doing. But, uh, I remember watching this, uh, little cartoons, uh, sh- short film about doc Ellis, the Pittsburgh pirates pitcher, who threw a no hitter on LSD. And I was like, you're fucking kidding me. Like this dude threw a no fucking hitter, which is extremely hard to do. Like for people that aren't aware of the rules of baseball, like that's like, that's an extremely hard task in any sport. Nine fucking innings of no one hitting the ball. bro. (laughs) Like like, on acid. (laughs) Kidding me. So it was like pretty inspirational for me. Me too. I was on acid. (laughs) me too dude and you know just realizing uh like a point they make in the uh the union the the business behind getting high documentary just like um about all the people that are anti-weed but listen to artists that were influenced by cannabis or wrote songs while high on cannabis 
you know, spark yeah. their creativity, whatever it was, like throw out all those albums because yeah. <laughs> they were real fucking high on cannabis. Yeah. So if you're anti-cannabis, like, you know, throw the albums out with your fucking anti-cannabis views. Cause, mm-hmm. and That's the same can be said, your wall. yeah, the same can be said about psychedelics influence on music yeah. and popular culture in so many fucking ways. I mean, Steve Jobs, you know, talking about how LSD changed his life and influenced yeah. his life in some way. And who's to say like he would go on to create Apple had that never happened. I mean, one could say that, but who really knows, who you knows? know? So, I mean, just like things like that started to open my mind. Um, and, uh, I was really scared away from psychedelics for a while um, after a troubling. uh, Well, that first LSD trip, I just remember like, I I can't go to bed. Like uh, it just kept me up all night. Yeah. You can't sleep. I didn't get much out of it that first time. Like as far as like the spiritual component to it, if you go in with that intention or maybe if you don't, like you still come out with some sort of, uh, spiritual, uh, lesson or insight or download. And, uh, you know, for me, the first couple of experiences I had had with LSD and mushrooms, um, you know, didn't, so I had one with each and my first mushroom trip, we had driven on mushrooms and it was a bad idea. We thought we were done tripping after like one of the waves hit us. Yeah. You know, it hits you in waves and you yeah. think you're done tripping. Yeah. And then it's back on again. <laughs> and Dude. that was a big lesson learned, but took a break for a while after that. A couple of stories like that. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that. Yes. And so like it was uh, the combination of, waking up to all these lies, uh, that I've been fed also like unwinding from leaving Catholic school. So I like went to Catholic school. So I was very sheltered in that way too, and kept away from the real world in a lot of ways uh, in my upbringing. So, you know, coming out of that and like leaving Catholicism, uh, after, finding out about all the pedophilia going on and Mm -hmm. just all the other stuff I didn't agree with. Um, you know, I remember getting graded in, um, my senior year religion class for how much like we participated in class discussions. And the minute it turned sour, like the minute it would like get into some area where the teacher couldn't answer, she was a nun. Like if she couldn't answer a question, uh, then she would like, look at you funny or, you know, like, uh, treat you a certain way, I would yeah. say. And my, my grade didn't Too reflect for them. Yeah. It didn't reflect the promise of you participate, your yeah. grade improves, or that's what you're graded on. And that taught me really quick. Like once you start to question, uh, it all falls apart and <laughs> you know, it's not the same. And, uh, so that that really uh, got me to start questioning more just authority and all that stuff. You know, everybody goes through that, that re- rebellious teenage stage. And then um, I think, you know, some take it into adulthood, too. But I think, you know, what we lack um, in our culture as men uh, is like uh, an initiation, you know, into adulthood. You know, uh, if we have 
you know, wounds that we take into adulthood that's going to carry on into relationships and spill on to all this other shit. And that's all stuff we got to work through, um, you know, and, and our culture a lot, we're told like, just shove that shit down. Like, don't feel it. You know, don't cry as men, like just be tough, tough it out. Don't be a pussy, you know, all that shit. And that ain't healthy. And, um, you know, just like all the work I've done, um, with plant medicine, um, has shown me a lot of that, just learning to, um, you know, feel my emotions again, uh, after for so long being numb to so much. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of jumping all over the place right now, but like, oh, it's great. Um, yeah, I, so getting introduced to government conspiracies, my buddy showed me, a. Uh, a video on the Illuminati and he literally showed me it as a joke. Like he was <laughs> like, dude, people actually believe this shit. And he like showed it to me. Cause I, he, he's like, you ever heard of the Illuminati? I was like, what's the Illuminati? And he shows me this video and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Oh, like shit is starting to make some sense now. Of, like all these <laughs> questions I always had, like there is like people pulling strings to some extent. <laughs> and then, you know, as I was like trying to figure out, who these players were, you know, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds and, you know, the lizard people, whatever you want to call them, like the powers that be the Jesuits, the Masons, you know, some will say the Jews or get anti-Semitic if you even go there. And, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, it just boils down to, it's like unconscious hurt people, you know, it's like the road, the, the crossroads I've came to through all my journeys, through all my studies, through all my life experience, you know, and <clears throat> when we start to make these people into monsters, when we start to make them into lizard people, uh, and I'm not saying that can't be a reality. I'm not saying fucking other creatures can't exist that we haven't discovered shit. We haven't discovered how much of the ocean, most yeah. of it, you know, yeah. we don't know what's down there, but at the same time, like humans are unique in the way that we have a choice to like operate how we operate in some way compared to animals. They're just already in, in the rhythm of nature. Like they're already in the laws of nature, but we're like going about ourselves. We can create the life we want to some extent. I mean, it's a co-creation with a higher power, if you will, or source or divine plan, whatever. But um, yeah, it's a trip to think about like all of that, but um, God, where was I going with this? Um, tell, me, tell me about you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just trying to figure out the players and everything. And um, so make, making these uh, scapegoats of like the elitists, the uh, string pullers, like, into these monsters um it takes us away from ever having to look at ourselves or like work on ourselves or um you know really figure our lives out and figure ourselves out so we can live the lives we want to start living and uh, stop pointing the finger at the fucking corruption in the world for why your life is corrupt or why your life's the best you know and bringing it full circle back to you because the real conspiracy is you like, it's up to you to figure out you <laughs> like yeah. no, nobody, nobody's going to show up with the keys. Like you already got the keys, brother. Like we all got them. Um, 
And it's up to us to find them and unlock the shit that's been locked up inside us. And uh, so like coming grips, coming to grips with that after struggling with it for so long and like struggling to sit with the fact there's corruption in the world to sit with the fact there's fucking people uh, hungry in the world. There's people fucking suffering that have it horrible. And uh, you know, also seeing its part to play in the grand scheme. Like, is there a purpose to that? Like, are these people teaching us something we need to learn at this point in history, at this point in our lives of does the cycle continue and it just spins and it's all just a fucking beautiful mess. Like it's just a fucking divine dance of fucking utter disaster at the same time, but still having beauty within that. Like, I, I don't know at times, man, like at times I I, want to say yes. And I think it is, I really do. I believe it is. Um, But then, you know, the conspiratorial side of me is like, well, are people fucking born evil? And I don't fucking know, dude. I don't think we ever know the answers. I don't know if we're meant to know those answers. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just to bring it full circle, man, of, uh, you know, Um, balancing all that shit out because people like us that, you know, get into these waters, like it can be fucking heavy shit, man. It can be depressing to like (laughs) hear about pedophilia going on in the world and a massive scale and it just being covered up, man. And like nobody caring or talking about it. Yeah. And people thinking you're crazy for even drawing light to it. And you know, that's hard, hard shit to sit with. Yeah, dude. It's funny. It's like the Catholic church. It's like, you know, I don't want to support that. Like, even if I was still a Christian, like, I feel like I would, I would, I would definitely choose a different church. And it's like, Mm -hmm. my dad's always like, well, it's not, he doesn't even go there anymore, but he still defends them. He's like, well, it's not our, our priest isn't a pedophile, but it's like, well, how do you know that? They like, they switch them around every like four or eight years or something. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they just shuffle them around, dude. They're not treated like you or I would be if we were fucking pedophiles. Like, yeah, dude, we'd be locked up. (laughs) Yeah. Just get right away with it. They just pay off, pay off the fucking victims and then send them to different parents. And even, and even if the priests that have been around here for the past, however, since he's been alive, haven't been pedophiles, like you, like you're still supporting the people that support pedophiles. Yep. It goes back to the Vatican, man. Yeah. Like they all get their peace, you know? Yeah. And I remember when I was growing up, like on the envelope, the tithe, you know, what you're supposedly given out, out of good works and showing your faith to God. Like, it's like you're, you're giving praise to God is like what they buy into, um, believing what they're doing and the process of doing what they're doing. But on the fucking tithe envelope, it said like, um, the percentage you had to give based on your income, like it had, like a fucking table literally telling you like if you make this much this is how much you should should give give to the church (laughs) it's like god gave them this booklet to hand to you and here it is now (laughs) you pay it (laughs) oh my god but it's like any critical thinking into that fucking pyramid scheme it's like i'm getting fucked over here like yeah i guess i'm getting a good service on sundays but like 
Uh, I, I would look over at my dad and he'd be falling asleep me. during service. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he didn't I'd seem like he was getting much out of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and pay, paying to send us to private school, you know, that's a whole nother thing too. And oh, no, no, the, uh, the uh, alcohol, like they give you like, they give you actual wine yep. in, and like some people, I don't know. There's some, like some people whose families are alcoholics like the first time they drink alcohol that they become addicted to, you know I mean? I'm not saying everybody, Oh yeah, but Catholic, you know, Catholics love to drink dude. And you know, you, you get to, you get to drink wine every once a week. I mean, it's dude, just the, a sip. The so like, you know, priest at my school got in trouble for procuring the minors after I graduated. <laughs> and he had like, uh, I remember like altar boys in my class that would like tell me, yeah, I was hanging out with Father Town, or I shouldn't say his name, <laughs> Father Blank, and uh, I don't even want to use the word father. He ain't my father, yeah, but uh, yeah. uh, the priest uh, would have like bottles of vodka in his trunk, uh, like when they'd like serve with them, and that was the thing. Like most uh, churchly men in any other sect of religion, like they live sober. You know what's it say in the Bible? Like be sober minded yeah. and all that. And they would let uh, priests like drink and yeah. smoke cigs, chew tobacco, like probably even smoke weed. Like, you <laughs> know, like they all did that. And the, the only restriction was they couldn't get married. Yeah. And the priests in my parish couldn't have facial hair, which I always found ironic because fucking Jesus had facial hair. Like, what are you yeah, trying to say here? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And they couldn't yeah. have long hair. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's like, yeah here too. What? That doesn't even make sense. I, I put that in my stand-up act when I did stand-up comedy the first time. Like my routine was all about psychedelics and uh, leaving religion, leaving Catholicism. Dude, is there any? Is that anywhere? Is that filmed? Uh, I, I'll have to send you the recording of it. But Dude, yeah, I didn't yeah, know I did a did five that, minutes huh? that once. That's yeah. fucking sick. Yep, me and my dad did a show together. We did a comedy workshop and the second week we you had to do what? a five minute. Five I think minute. I remember you hearing, hearing you talk about this on an episode. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun, man. I'd, I'd like to get more into it. It's just, everything just boils down to time, man. Time, man. Yeah, dude, you got to make the paper. Yeah. It's yep. not even it's just fucking digital now. You don't even <sighs> get like, you might get a paper check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just numbers on a screen just numbers on a screen man it's such a trip man like i don't know i dream of a world where it's all like fucking trade and barter and we just offer services to one another in yeah. one way or another um you know i think that's how it should be i think that's how it's meant to be um, my, my big question with that has always been like what about the people who can't do shit don't do shit. Do we I just let them die? I, I almost think it'd, it'd be a survival of the fittest thing. Like, yeah, they just beat themselves out. Yeah. But at That's the same time, I, I don't make mean to make it like it's going to be dog eat dog and we're just going to be fucking eating each other like cannibals. Yeah, no, that would be horrible. I mean, like, I think in times of trouble, like, uh, in times of disaster and like complete chaos, like, 
people find a way to work together. Like, I think there's a lot of examples of that. I think that's not what the media wants us to believe, of course, because that would end their whole fucking charade they have upon us that like, we need them to like, know what's going on in our fucking present day lives. Like we all know what's going on. If we just pay attention, if we be present for a second, you know, tune in, um, that's all we need to know, you know, like, um, how much of what goes on in the news is like happening directly in our lives. Like fucking you go to the grocery store, you're, you'll encounter it. Or like, uh, your neighbor walks outside, you're, you'll encounter it. Like so much of that is like overblown and fucking just fear, 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 you know, not live, 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 love, 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 like care for one another, you know, trust one another. Like it's all antitrust and it like makes us fear our neighbors. You know, like I'm blessed, man. Like, um, I trade vegetables with my neighbors. Um, Oh, that's sweet. Like they bring me food at times. Like they're from, um, God, where are they from? Uh, Bosnia. And they're some of the nicest people, nicest neighbors I've ever had. And, um, I think I, I have to say too, about like just foreigners that I've met in my life, um, that live here in America now, like, um, so many people get up in arms about like, Oh, like they got to get their citizenship or build that wall. And it's like, yo, like if you had to go through the process they had to go through to gain citizenship, would you be on that fucking side of things? Probably fucking not. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like it's a fucking hard process, bro. Like it's grueling. It takes years, like 10 years. Yeah. Like legitimately, like, you know how slow the fucking DMV is, dude. Imagine like <laughs> citizenship, bro. Like yeah. even like going to a foreign country and trying to gain citizenship, it's hard, like a lot of places, but I think it's, it's hard in America too. And like, there is this infatuation that people want to come here and it's the land of opportunity. And, you know, we're like glorified on the world stage, but um, at the end of the day, I think th- from my experience, like many foreigners I've met, like they're just happy to be here. You know, they're just, they're just appreciative. You know, they, they carry around like the attitude of gratitude. Like they're just grateful. They're just naturally, you know, thankful to like have anything, you know, whereas us, you know, being born here, like we've had it good in a lot of ways compared to growing up in other places. Yeah. Uh, who knows what past lives we've lived, but this is our present one. And like, you know, we've been blessed to be born here. And like, yeah. it really makes you like reassess of like, holy shit, like, what am I taking for granted? Like, mm. how much of my daily life is a fucking first world problem I'm bitching about, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, it really puts things in perspective, like too, of just being well-rounded, um, getting out of where you grew up and, um, you know, really, um, doing some soul searching and like traveling and like getting out of the bubble you were raised in. That's so Mm -hmm. important. I can't stress that enough, man. Like, um, go places, like, um, get out of the comfort zone, Mm -hmm. like the comfort zone, like the biggest prison we all fucking live in, man. Yeah, man. Such a biggest, fucking prison. One of the biggest things I learned from psychedelics was to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes, there it is. So true, dude. Me too. <laughs> like such, <laughs> such an underlying lesson. So many times, man. Yeah. Psychedelics. Yeah, I mean that's that's the lesson of life right there. Is like 
just to be okay with things not being okay sometimes. Yeah. Is it, what are you going to do? Yeah. It's like, Unless there's I, nothing I, you can do then what, you know, I feel like people get stuck in that happy trap. Like once yeah, I, and you think you should just be happy all the time. Yeah, It's not going to happen, what? bro. Like that doesn't exist. Like, no, you're never going to get this job or be with this girl or fucking uh, get this amount of money. That's going to make you happy. Yep. Like happiness comes and goes, man. Like uh, it's really about just flowing through it all. Like just surrendering to it, you know, like being present in every situation you can. And it's tough. It's extremely tough. And that's the, that's the dance of life, man. It's like, just going with it, just, uh, taking the blows and like being okay with the blows hitting you, you know? And it's tough. It's like, wait a minute, I'm getting fucking beaten alive here. <laughs> like I need some fucking air. Like I need some fucking relief, but, uh, it's okay. Like, uh, I- I'm, I'm down right now, but this isn't permanent. This is only temporary. It's not going to last. You know, uh, good times are going to come. I believe in the good things coming. I I love that fucking song by Nako for the uh, Nako and Medicine for the People. Uh, it's all about you know just that mantra of I believe in the good things coming, and knowing that you know whatever you're dealing with, it's only temporary, and you know you're sooner or later going to get yourself out of it. But in the meantime, like are you going to make things worse by like just digging your heels in and fucking being pissed off at the world and spilling your shit onto everyone else around you and making them miserable? Trying to bring them down. Yeah. Yep. And fucking bringing that darkness into a room full of light. Like you don't want to be that guy, you know? And that's where the empathy comes in. And it's like, well, I wouldn't want that done to me. So why the fuck would I do that to anyone else? Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is like the shadow work we're all fucking working with, man. Once we're fucking conscious of it, once we s- start to fucking see these behaviors in our daily interactions and fucking watch these triggers as we come up. Like if someone says something about us, that's like a fucking spitball to the ego and <laughs> we're like all up in arms. Like, you know, we got to check ourselves. It's not like up to us or not. It's not up to other people to like skirt around us and like make us feel safe all the time to not upset us because like we're butthurt because it, it triggered some wound from, you know, when we were eight, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> walking home from a football game, you know, yeah. you know, some, some memory that it fucking, it's like in your subconscious mind, it just fucking, it's like it, 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 it threw out a fucking fishing line and it just hooked it and it fucking just keeps pulling it in. And it's like, you can fucking un, unhook yourself and fucking detach and fucking come out of it and decide, oh shit, like I'm not going to respond how I used to. And I'm going to yeah. start to respond in a way that's healthier and better and uh, will make them feel just the way you want to feel, you know, and, uh, you know, just learning how to operate that way. Like that's, that's a daily task for me, man, is, that's, uh, that's the being a better person. Whatever too. Really? <laughs> yeah, mean, like, totally. Someone's fucking screaming in your face. Like they were to me the other day mm. at work because, uh, I parked in front of their house and oh, I was God. cutting the neighbor's grass 
And uh good old entitlement. Oh my god, dude. It was just like, you know what? I don't want to deal with any of this bullshit. I just gave him a thumbs up and I got back in the truck and I, you know, I pulled it down the street farther and you know, I had to walk a little farther, whatever, but you know, it really, really made me angry after the fact, mm. which, you know, I was upset about at myself, you know, cause it's just yeah. like, oh, come on. You know, you did the right thing. You did the good thing. You were the bigger man, but it was just like, fuck, I didn't want to want to be the bigger man. I want to fucking punch this dude in his face. <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's fucking tough. Like, man. Quit being a dick. Like I didn't do anything to you. Come out of your house. Fucking so threatening. Like this man ran out of his house. Like look like, like, I don't it was very threatening and this man just ran up. What what always yeah. cracks me up, dude, is like when you're when you respond in a way that they're not ready for, yeah. Like they they expect you to go off on you uh, yeah. on them. Like it's almost like they want you to do that. Yeah. And and then uh all of a sudden you don't and you react in a calm manner and like uh then they feel worse than even you do probably after that. And then I would not be surprised if they would come back around and they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry for what I said the other day. Like I was in a really bad mood or like I was dealing with this. Like I've had so many of those occurrences where like something, like somebody was an absolute asshole and then they come back later on and they like apologize and like recognize their own part to play in things. And then there's the people that are still too wounded to even recognize their own wrongdoings. And, you know, those are the hardest to hold space for. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the true task is like learning to deal with those people in like the gentlest of ways. Because like, you know, in the truth community, we oftentimes talk about like you can never like force feed someone awake. Like yeah, you have to work. like leave like bits and crumbs, you know, to like leave a trail out for them and like keep water in that seed, you know. But it's tricky, man. It's a fine line to walk, but, uh, you know, that's the work. That's the great work we're all trying to fucking continue to do and, uh, continue to put one foot in front of the other and just keep chipping away and, uh, keep becoming better. You know, we we can't, we can't get down on ourselves and fucking just stay stuck in the fucking past of regret and fucking turmoil of fucking bad memories, dude. Like we got to fucking pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, fucking keep moving forward, man. Um, And you know, it's, I think I've heard it said before. It's like, if we're too focused on the future, it breeds anxiety. And if uh, we're too focused on the past, it breeds depression or like resentment that leads to depression. And, um, yeah, it's like, um, why do that to yourself? Because at the end of the day, you know, we all know our weak spots and we all know where we fall short. Mm -hmm. Um, we all just need to take a magnifying glass and like examine that further. Like, but it's so hard to fight the feeling. It is. You know what I mean? I, I can, I can change a thought if I want to. You know what I mean? Like I, like I did, like I was filled with rage at this man for screaming at me, but you know, I just kept my mouth shut and gave him a thumbs up and gave him what he wanted. Yeah. And, but then, you know, afterwards, you know, I was like, okay, it's okay. But I still felt the rage. I was like, well, I don't want to feel the rage anymore. It's okay. But it's just like, it just stayed with me for like Mm. an hour or two. And I was, you know, finally dissipated. 
with the help of cannabis. Yeah. But you know, it, it was just like, well, breathing well, exercises, you know, yeah, and I tried, I tried, I tried, but it was just, I couldn't let go of it. I don't know what, what that is. It's like, was well, that what, like an what, energy? What most, yeah, dude. What most people got to realize too, is like, we're not, we're not fucking taught these things. Like, Dude, I wasn't taught none of this shit. Like, I, <laughs> this is life experience, man. The school of hard knocks. Like, I've had to teach myself a lot. Like, it, uh, my parents did a great job. They did the best they knew how, you know, yeah. and I love them for that, you know. But at the end of the day, man, like, um, you also got to realize, like, where you didn't learn certain things or how, how to conduct yourself in certain ways. And, um, that's up to you to figure out, like, no one's going to feel sorry for you because your mama didn't teach you something or your dad didn't teach you something. Yeah, I'm sure. But, like, you got to fucking figure it out. And, uh, you know, we got to get out of this fucking victim mentality. Like, yes, dude. and so much of that is bred within, like, the truth and conspiracy community. And I yeah. love, I love my truth and conspiracy folk, man. And, like, I'm you, you're I, like... I've been where you're at and I still am there in many ways. And, um, I'm just like starting to come to grips with like, how much more do I want to plug into that and like feed into the yeah. fear realm of things yeah. of like creating this dystopian Orwellian reality. Nobody wants to see like we all, we all can point to the great reset and all the, all these fucking evil plans they have for us. But what if, what if none of it happens? Like, what if it's changed before that? Like, what if enough people stand up before that? Like, when are you going to start to believe that people are waking up at such a rapid pace that like, it's all going to fall apart on itself? Like, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I talk about this with people in those arenas and some of them are just completely black pilled and have no hope at all. And it's like, I, I wonder what their home life is like, you know, like yeah. what is their internal state? Like, like that can't be a fun place to live, man. Like, oh. and life is too short to stay stuck in that. I was, man. I was black pilled a little bit for a little while. <laughs> I was too, man. Like, we all been there, bro. Like if but you like, wake up to these things, but it's like, I don't know, but it's like know, a dark is, night is of a, the soul. Is that a phase? You know, exactly. Yeah. You know, so hopefully those people will come out of it, come out of it and, and, and say, fuck these pills. I don't, I don't need any <laughs> right. pills. <laughs> right. Fuck this shit. <laughs> can I get I, a white pill, please? Can I get a, can I get a green uh, joint, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like smile. <laughs> Laugh. Yes. <laughs> it's not so bad, dude. Like, Fuck. Um, Dude, I was sick for like two weeks and it was awful, but it was okay. Yeah. You know, even though I felt like shit, it was just like, you know, this would give me time to reflect on some things, you know, and it was just good. It was good. It was not great, but it was what, good. What cracks me up too is like the prophecy stuff and like picking certain dates uh, no matter what it is, yeah, whether it's a man. religious prophecy or a politician said something's going to happen on this date. Like we just passed a recent one. I think it was with the 23rd or 24th 
They said some big shit was going to happen. Nothing happened. I heard about it that day, thankfully, at like six o'clock. Thankfully, like the day was like almost over. And I'm like, well, it came and went. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And think about the people that might have heard that like six months before that or like even a week before that. That's in the back of their mind that whole fucking week, all those months. So they're they're living out of this fear mentality like all right, I got to prepare for this day because something's going to happen. But what if it doesn't? Like, yeah, the devil's advocate's going to say, well, I was prepared and it's always good to be prepared. But what did you lose as a result of that preparation? You know, you could have been preparing for more important things, one could argue, you know, to benefit you and make your life even better when that day finally came. How do you You feel about like prep food? Oh my God. Those buckets of food that last 30 years. Don't even get me started, bro. Like I, I understand where people are coming from, but at the same time, I think there's so much more to learn in that regard. Like what about like growing your own food? Like that's a necessary step. And I think we all should be doing that, but like, yeah, it's a hard, uh, it's a hard one to get in, to get into though. It is. I mean, it is. And then stay consistent with it. Yeah, I mean, it's simple to, to Andy Rouse. grow a fucking tomato plant. Like anybody, yeah, tomato. Plant. I mean, yeah. tomato. You just throw that motherfucker in the ground. It's got to right, have tomatoes right. on it. Right. Just like start with the simplest ones. I mean, one could grow in a, a fucking uh, tomato plant, fucking uh, strawberries, fucking simple shit, like on their fucking balcony in an apartment. Like, yeah, people could do that. Like, they just got to choose that- to do it. Is that enough food to sustain you, though? Oh, definitely not. I mean, canned food would be the best route to go, like in uh, apocalyptic scenario. Yeah. But I, my my thing is like, um, when you get to that apocalyptic scenario, like, Do you why would you be even alive? Want, yeah, why would you even want to be here at that point? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it's you like you, it's like you, and you know, it's like those are the people that want me to against that experience, the world. You know, exactly. It's like yo, I'm gonna go play Fallout Three in real life. Like, yeah, it's like I'm going out with a bag. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's just like that's like the ultimate hit against everyone against each other. It's just fucking free for all. Yeah, you know what and, I mean. And I'm not saying like don't do that shit like go ahead if you if you have the means do it but if you don't have the means why would you do it yeah you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah if it you don't have horrible though if it happened there's right. like you know those these like zombie video games and stuff that are like mmo like hundreds of people playing with each other and shit and nobody nobody is nice to each other like everyone Dude, just, people is just backstabbers and like, oh my fucking It's God. horrible, man. Think of the kids in school these days, man. Like oh they are horrible to each other. Like the bullying is fucking God awful, man. Control, yeah. And I feel for parents like raising kids in this day and age, man. It's fucking hard. It's Especially fucking with school, dude. the whole pronoun shit and fucking oh everything else going on in schools these days. Like, why are you worried about, like, I don't, like, oh, my God. Like, I guess if a kid really fucking wants you to fucking call him something, like, okay, then there's that. If a but kid then, wants like, to be a dinosaur, he can be a dinosaur now in school, you know? Like, whatever. Like, if you, like, 
just do your schoolwork and learn shit. Like, don't be disruptive and fucking whatever, dude. I don't yeah, know, my, though, but like... My whole thing is, dude... I don't, I don't know, man. I, I'm all for people, you know, staying out of people's bedrooms. I'm very libertarian. Yeah, like, be yourself, be who you want to be, fuck who you want to fuck, what, any of that. But you're not any more special than you or I am. Exactly. Like, man. <laughs> it doesn't give you like this badge that you're all of a sudden more special than me. Yeah, and I have to like bow down to the world, the reality film you look through. It's like, no, we're all in the same fucking realm here. Like, <laughs> yes, man. you don't get uh front dibs. Like you don't get to cut me in line all of a sudden because <laughs> you've gained acceptance all of a sudden. Like, people are going to accept you if they want to accept you or not. Like no matter where you go, like that's always going to fucking be a reality. Like no fucking law is going to change that. I don't care. Like people are going to do what they want to do. Like if that were the case, like just look at the war on drugs, man. Like <laughs> it's exactly what I was about to say. Look at fucking Adam and Eve and the fucking biblical story, the dude. <laughs> like God had two people to watch. <laughs> yeah. Come on. And they still disobeyed. Like, People are going to do what they want to do. Like, it's just human nature. And fucking lock them up in a jail cell. And use them as slaves. Bro. Life is a trip, man. That's Life is a trip. Is. That's what it is. Yeah. Wow, dude. How long have we been going, brother? It's close to an hour. Is it? Oh yeah. But yeah, I, I've just been rambling, dude. Thanks for letting no, me that was excellent, dude. I loved it. Yeah. I, I've just been working on some new material. It's, it's so weird to like call it material in that way, but like, I guess just some thought ideas maybe. Yeah. Um, dude. Cause like, Putting it down on paper. Yeah. It's like podcasting is like an art. Like you see people that go on like, like Micah Dank's been on like 300 fucking shows, dude. Or I think maybe 400 now or something crazy. But, yeah. you know, it is like a fucking traveling circus almost. Like you go on people's show and, you know, sometimes it, feel like, it feels like I can like be like a parrot and I'm just like regurgitating the story of my life I've told a million times, but like, that's the beauty of it, dude, is like every time you get to tell it a little different, Yeah, no matter, no matter how much you think that like, yes. there's always something a little different. And then the listeners that like, haven't heard those little details you didn't go into before, like now, like the picture might come together for them, you know, yeah, and, like, man. it'll start to like, uh, spark something in them, you know? That's what, that's what always continues to give me hope is like, I love the Tupac Shakur quote. It's like, uh, I might not change the world, but I guarantee you I'll spark the match that did or whatever. I'll Damn spark the mind that did. Yeah. And it's like to like carry, carry this influence of like, um, people tuning in to listen that, might not have been exposed to whatever it is that my guest or myself is talking about. Like that's fucking a heavy totem to carry, man. Like that's, 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 that's a heavy responsibility and uh, it keeps you accountable of like, Whoa, like uh, I need to like watch myself even more now of like Mm -hmm. how I'm conducting myself and you know, Mm -hmm. how much work I'm doing and, 
how much bypassing I am from really doing the work on myself um, and really start to uh, get to start to take all that shit even more serious because, yeah. you know, you can't take this shit lightly. Like, uh, you know, you could be influencing people in the world uh, yes. for better or worse, you know? And, um, you know, the more and more I do this, um, I, I always try to keep that in mind, you know, that, um, there's people out there listening who maybe really be in a rut, you know, and they really might need to hear some shit that pulls them out of that, or at yes, least like, dude. is like a hand out to like pull them up, you know? Yes. Dude, that's Damn. why I'm fucking sick of all this sad boy music. Yeah. It's like it's like just this high school like drama song, mm. and and like that everyone can relate to, and uh, yeah, dude, it just like keeps people Music's down powerful, in this stupid man. kid mindset. Yep, and uh, yeah, dude. It's, change the station. It's, yeah, <laughs> Sooner dude, or later, like I'm sick of station. like like it's like and, and, and the thing is, it's like fucking excellent melodies, excellent, yeah. you know everything. Like the, the beautiful, fucking awesome song. But then they're talking about this sad, fucking oh no, my feelings, and it's like you know that gets a little old after your band's fucking ten plus years old. And you're totally. still talking about this sad, like, like little crybaby victim, basically just victim music. It's victim music. Yeah. Trauma bonding music. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we need to have some loving bonding music. Yeah. Again. Dude. <clears throat> That's why I love reggae, man. It's super upbeat and very, like, I feel like reggae came out of rebellion, you know, yeah, like dude. they really were seeing the shit for what it was. You know, they're like, we're living in Babylon. It's trying, time to fucking get to Zion, like get to the promised land of, you know, getting us out of this fucking slavery that we're in. And it also means mental slavery. And that's the mental slavery we put upon ourselves. You know, we can be our own worst enemy. We can be our own worst critic. You know, like we can beat ourselves up at times. And if we never snap out of that victim mentality, that victim mindset, like um, we're going to continue to expect people to feel sorry for ourselves and like want everyone to hear our pity and how bad our life is. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're not... we're like putting that onto them in a way. And like, yeah. it's making them carry our shit as well. And like, that's not fair. Like, no. would you want that done to you? Probably not. Like, and like, I'm not saying like, if you're really feeling something not to vent, but if yeah. you're really feeling something, the, the same thing, yeah. uh, multiple times a week or even weekly, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're putting that own pain on yourself. Like well, I've heard something that like anything after like 20 minutes of like crying or something is like self-induced yep. pain or something. Yeah. I've heard something similar to that. And though. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that, but like you can definitely perpetuate your own sadness. Totally. Extremely totally. easily. Just think about grief, man. Yeah. And like losing a loved one, man. Yeah. And and that goes back to how disconnected we are from death and fear of death and the fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. But 
Um, I think it, it speaks to like when we lose a loved one or we lose an animal, you know, lose a part of ourselves too. Yeah. If, if, if we don't, um, ever stop grieving, you know, you have to, there's gotta be a cutoff point. And I've learned this a lot being in sweat lodges, like how they grieve differently than I was taught to grieve growing up in the church. Um, you know, I've seen so many people that, um, like growing up that grieve and, you know, they're just grieving for years and years and years and just can never get over losing their widow, you know? And it's, it sucks to see that man, like to see people lose themselves as a result of losing someone else, Mm. you know, it's like, um, God, I, I forget how it was said, but it's like, um, it's so when someone dies, like they lose, um, they lose their happiness or they lose some aspect of them. But um, after they pass, you can either let that one person hurt you. Okay. So put it like this. So if uh, you know, uh, you had an abuser, let's say, and um, this person died and you were finally able to like forgive them because they died and like, they Mm -hmm. were not a worry anymore that they were physically present and going to ruin your life. Mm -hmm. But if you're still like grieving that person, like if it was, it was an ex-husband, if um, you're a grieving widow um, and they beat you all these years and um, you're still hurting after they pass. So like in that situation, uh, the abuser, they were hurting, they were hurting you, right? Um, so that's one person hurting after they passed. And then you're hurting too. So it's just simple math. Like it's, it's two people hurting when it could just be one. So it's, it's learning how to, um, you know, take time to grieve, but, um, you know, also getting to a point where you're okay with them not being here anymore. And, but also knowing that they are still here in ways that we'll never understand. You know, and that's part of surrendering to the fucking great mystery of it all of like they appear in signs and fucking signals. And it's, it's ironic medium. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Sometimes it come, come supernatural experiences. Yeah. (laughs) Ghosts. Yeah. All that here. Yeah. Anybody that has lost anybody they're they're right there with you. hundred percent, man. And uh rest in peace to lewis man um my buddy lewis uh passed away on christmas last year and uh yeah he he was a few years older than me and always had the biggest smile on his face man always would give you the biggest hug and he was just just a bright soul man like always lit up the room and just goes to show man like you never know what people are doing with internally Um, you never do and uh um, We're good actors. Yeah. He, he was the one who introduced me to sweat lodge uh, a few wow. years back. And, you know, I think of him every time I go in there um, yeah. still to this day. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm blessed man to, 
be able to sit in the sweat lodge on a regular basis. Um, I was actually thinking about going tonight um, and we ended up doing the show and it it wasn't meant to be. I wasn't going to make it on time anyways. Um, So, dude, don't feel bad about it. Um, Yeah, it all worked out. It's all working out. It's all divine. Yeah, dude. But... (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I don't take it for granted every week, man. Like it's just a blessing to go in and, you know, uh, you learn the more and more you go and be around these ways that, um, the more consistent you get and the more you start to walk the red road, um, you, you start to feel lighter, you know, it's like the Egyptian saying, let your heart be as light as a feather, you know, you're Mm -hmm. judged on the scales. Um, and just learning to come in there with less baggage and less regret, less negative shit. You're just bringing in your week to week. You know, it's like going to church, you know, like people bring in the negative shit throughout the week and they bring it into the church and they hear the good sermon and it's like their spirits renewed and they're ready to start fresh the next week. Like sweat lodge, actually like physically makes me feel that way. Like I see myself purging the sweat out of me. I see myself uh, leaving shit in there that is no longer serving me. That is no longer um, serving a purpose in my life. Uh, And part of that is being ready to let go of that, whatever it is. Um, But sitting in there, uh, you know, seeing uh, kids suffer along with you, like little kids, Um, and the fact they can make it through, you know, hot as hell temperatures and really testing your spirit to the core. Like, can you make it through? Can you surrender to the heat and be one with the heat and like allow the heat to like have its place here and knowing that it's all going to be okay. Like you're always protected. Like spirit is working in ways that we just don't understand and you're going to make it out. Okay. And, uh, just knowing that every time you go in, like, it's like a rebirthing process. It's like you're dying and being reborn again every time. And that's what it's supposed to symbolize. It's like, you're going back into the womb and you're coming out reborn again, uh, purified and renewed like an innocent child. And, uh, yeah, man, every, every week I go, it's, it's, it's that continual renewal of my spirit, um, and you know it's just a blessing man i i i i don't even know what more to say i'm I'm just grateful to um have access and i encourage anyone um that's hesitant to go if they've ever been offered like give it a try like what do you have to lose um yeah like how do you get into it like a how do you find a sweat like can you just go to a sauna or like would like, yeah, how do, you sa- find a, sa- how do you find a sweat lodge? Like, how do, you know, sauna, sauna would be spiritual leaders. A great, a great um, placebo and um, a great, um, a great thing for people that don't have access. Um, I would say it's 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 uh, all about making connections, man, and that goes yeah. with anything in life. Yeah. Um, I I can't explain to you how my life's played out the way it has how I've met the people when I've met them at the point I met them in my life at just the right moment. Like, I guess you could go to like a powwow 
Yeah. And, you know, yep. um, that would be a good way. I, I would say just, just Google, um, reservations in your area, you know, start yeah. to, uh, look into different community groups, um, start to get involved, you know, um, there's a lot to learn and they have a lot to teach, um, about their culture and, um, about their ways mm-hmm. and, um, the way, the way they do things. Um, it's a learning process and, um, just be open to learn. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, um, the younger generation struggle with, um, you know, um, coming to grips with the history, um, and, um, you know, how much hurt and how much trauma has been done, um, to them in such God awful ways. Yeah. And, um, you know, the elders, they've been through that, you know, they've been through that grieving process with all the trauma. And it's not to say like they've, they've let all that shit go necessarily. Like they remember it, but, um, they are open to all races. You know, the, the four directions symbolize you have the white, the black, the red, and the yellow. It's the four root races, you know, they're accepting of all colors, you know, they're not checking your ego at the door, like a church, you know, they're not making sure you're dressed properly. Mm-hmm. You get in there and, and shorts or swim trunks, like yeah. you're not impressing yeah. anybody, you yeah. know, you're yourself. It's uh come as you are, well, you know, yeah. and uh, you leave it all at the door, jewelry, any of that, you know, you leave it at the door. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's special in that way. Um, I, I, I am still learning in so many ways. So it's, it's hard. says 11, 11. I just listened to your episode with, uh, I forget her name, but she was talking about 11, 11. Oh yeah. Nikki, Nikki. Um, yeah, she's great, man. She, she lives up in South Dakota. She's having a, a star knowledge conference on 11, 11, uh, in Wagner, yeah. South Dakota. Um, my buddy drew Banky put me in touch with her. Um, that's been such a great help, man is, that's why I um, just brought in the connection aspect, dude, because it's all about connecting with people, man, and yeah. making connections. And I've always said from such a young age, man, like just continuing to learn this as life went on is it's all about who, you know, man. And like, yeah. um, um, it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, yeah. and uh, knowing the right people at the right times, being in the right places at the right times, like, so much synchronicity the right with people. It. Yes. Yes, man. Like being the bridge for someone else. So many people I've had on, I've met through other people and vice versa. I've introduced yeah. them to other people. And like, I thrive in that, man. I really like look forward to that when like I meet someone and I'm like, holy shit, dude, like you're really going to hit it off with this dude. I know. And like, it just like makes my heart feel warm inside, man. Like yes. just being able to like connect to like-minded souls that I know like are going to do great things together. Like it happened in a recent episode with uh, my buddy Dayton and uh, Chance Garten. I was really looking forward to introducing those two. And I know like they're probably going to do some powerful shit together, man. Like as sound healers, and, um, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd love to introduce I'm you. Matt. Looking into sound healing. Yes, man. Just grab some tuning forks. I have uh, a tuning fork. Do you? Mm. 
Yeah. It's uh, uh, I got it from Lehman Dollins, which I told you about on. Your yeah. Show. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's right. It's coming back to me now. Yeah, dude. Um, they're powerful, man. It's just another healing modality, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fell in my lap, you know, like <laughs> just another synchronicity <laughs> yeah, on the man. path of life's many synchronicities, man. Uh, yeah, I, that's I, the I, biggest like a like a big epiphany that I kind of had today. Um, well, you kind of I don't know, maybe re-remembering it, but like the synchronicities that happen all throughout my life. Yeah, but either not recognizing that they're happening, yeah. or summing it up to a coincidence, or just not having a word for it, and you know. Yeah, just because you weren't aware doesn't mean it didn't happen. Exactly. And then like it just <laughs> like kind of, of like flooded in a bunch of old memories of like small synchronicities and even bigger ones. Yeah, that was just that was just cool. Dude, well, hey man. I, oh go I on. just wanted to say real quick, like um, you know, just bring it back to gratitude too. Like yeah. think about all the shit you avoided to still be here, you know, to even be born in the first place. You know, it's gotta be some shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> I think my dad's had nine lives, but I know I've like cheated death a few times. Like we, yeah. I, I think we all have, whether or not we remember it or not. Like, mm -hmm. and always, always keep that in perspective, man. Every day you wake up and just remind yourself, like, fuck, man, I'm just happy to be here. Damn you know? straight, man. And uh, you know, carry that into everything you do. It'll change your life. Yeah, man, because you put yourself in that position. Yep. Not like 99% of the time. Like <laughs> yep. Sometimes, you know, there are slaves. Oh, yeah. You know, so it feels, you know, some, say a little prayer for them. Uh, but yeah, man. Wow. Andre, tell people where they can find you. It's yes, great sir. fucking having you on, man. Likewise, brother. Always love chopping it up with you. I know we'll have many of these going forward. Yes. yes. I have to do a show together or something. Yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking about um doing like a more round tables. Um just maybe doing a, another show with a co-host. Um just spicing it up a little, you know. Yeah. I just I just stuck with the same template since I started, and I swear like to branch out a little bit. <laughs> no, it's yeah. definitely fun. I've been doing uh, you know the horns up thing, and that's you know it's fun. It's yeah. a little bit different. Yeah, but yeah, uh, where they can find me, uh, y'all can find me at uh, my. I, I host my podcast, Ascension of the Chessmen, through uh, Spreaker, but it's available on all audio platforms. It's also up on Fringe FM. Um, Joe Rupe runs that. Um, love that guy for having me um, as a fellow creator on there. It's been awesome. Also, a lot of other great creators on there. Also on Alt Media United with Shane here. Um, yeah. Um, shout out to Mark for you know keeping that thing running smooth. Um, I have Mark to thank so much, dude. Um, Mark sees my family thinks I'm crazy. Shout out to Mark. Um, but yeah, I'm on Facebook at Andre Mitty, Instagram at Dre Live for Today. Um, yeah, say what's up, hop in the DMs, uh, say what you got to say. Let's talk. I'm always available.
Darn right, man. Well, again, dude, thanks for coming on. This is fucking a blast. Fuck yeah, a lot of excellent things to say. So, Likewise. You listeners, thank you for listening. And uh, have a beautiful moment wherever you are. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank <laughs> you.